Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott, and I am your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. And I am so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. Now, before we get into this week's conversation, I just want to let you know that I currently have openings for one-on-one clients. And I am a four, six, I'm a four, six MG. I thrive on deep connection. I love connecting one-on-one with you. This is where the magic happens. You will notice perhaps that I don't offer that many courses or group programs. And when I do, it's only small group programs because that is when I am at my best. That's when I really, truly know I can hold space for you and create massive transformation with you. So if you are interested in doing a human design reading with me or in one-on-one coaching, I call it light leader amplification, head over to KelseyAbbott.com to learn more. Now, let's talk about this week's guest. Her name is Chelsea Reif. And she's a mindset and podcast coach and the host of the In My Non-Expert Opinion podcast. She is a 6'2 reflector. And so she's always trying on new hats. So we talk about that a lot in this conversation. As a reflector, she has nine open centers. She is wide open. And so that means her environment impacts her hugely. That shows up in her health in her life, in her mindset, in her business, in every way. And we talk about that. If you are a a reflector, I really feel like this is an essential conversation for you to hear. And if you are not a reflector, but you know a reflector, which, okay, so reflectors are supposedly only 1% of the population. I bet you know one though, because not everyone knows their human design, but also I'm not so sure this whole like 1% of the population. I'm just saying, I know a lot of reflectors. So listen, so you can understand reflectors. Chelsea's also an Aquarius sun and Virgo moon rising who loves rap music, nature documentaries, reality TV, travel, podcasts, chocolate, and learning about the mind, body, and spirit. This conversation was a lot of fun and I hope you enjoy it. I love you. And remember, you are a miracle. Go forth and be awesome. Chelsea, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. I think you're actually the first Chelsea I've ever known. Really? Yeah, like in person. Oh, wow. Well, it's, it's... I mean, so much of my life, I admit, I've been called Chelsea. Right. And I've been correcting people. So now I'm like, oh, a real life one, huh? Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so funny because the other day I was on a group call and there were only maybe 15 of us and there were three Chelsea's on the call. So that's why I'm like so shocked. I feel like I know a hundred Chelsea's. Well, I feel like Kelsey became super common when I was in college. There were tons of little kids being named Kelsey. Um. I feel like Chelsea was a little like came in, but it was most popular in between those times. Oh my gosh. Well, it's also so funny because 
my mom makes up this story now that she named me Chelsea because of the beach, like the shells and the sea. And I'm like, I've never heard that story. Like that came in my later twenties when she started saying that. And then my dad's like, no, you were named after Chelsea Cameron, which is Kurt Cameron's wife. And she was just on the magazine cover that was on at the hospital when I was born. And they were just like, oh, we need a name for our first daughter. And there's a magazine. Oh, we like that name. Cool. We'll name her Chelsea. I was like, wait 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 you're telling me your your first daughter your first child you didn't think of like a name that could potentially be what you wanted it to be so yeah just fun fact I was named after Kurt Cameron's wife who was on the front of a magazine in the hospital I had somebody come up to me at when I was visiting my parents I was at the Y where I had grown up swimming and training and stuff and I wrote the to use the cardio equipment you had to sign up and it was a big whiteboard and I wrote my name and was walking to whatever I was about to get on and this woman stopped me and I recognized her from like years and years and years of being in the workout space together and she was like oh I I just wanted to let you know that I named my daughter after you and I'm like really oh my God, it's <laughs> like we've never had a conversation before and she's like no I was like overdue like nine and a half months pregnant I was on the exercise bike being like still don't have a name looked up saw your name on the sign up board and was like it's Kelsey it's so funny how people just like randomly find names and they're like this is the human that I created and for the rest of my life I'm going to name her after this person on the whiteboard that I yeah, saw exactly <laughs> Love that. okay so yeah yeah you're yeah named after a magazine cover well, you know I mean at least it was a girl that got featured on the front of a magazine so yeah. it's a prominent name I guess yeah and yeah here you are a 6-2 reflector yes I mean I want to talk about so many different parts of your life but you've traveled a bunch yes. and you're a reflector and reflectors you guys your environment is so important to you like you can feel sick in your environment. You can be like a totally different person based on your environment. How has that shown up for you? Oh my gosh. It's so interesting because I didn't really understand that whole piece about human design. I just discovered human design, by the way, like a, barely a year ago. And I remember I kept hearing about the environment thing and I was like, hmm, let me actually like think back to it. And I'm like, whoa, this makes a lot of sense. I'm going back to like Chicago. I used to actually live in Chicago for six years and work there. And there was a period of my life where we worked in a, like an office that just wasn't great. And I'm thinking about it now. And I used to have all these crazy skin rashes and they made no sense. I would go to the doctor and they're like, well, what did you eat? And maybe it's the laundry detergent. Maybe it's this. And they happened so often that I was like, it doesn't make sense. And then I would travel all the time for work. And I got shingles when I was 24 years old. And they're like, this is a disease that like elderly people get from stress. And I'm like, what could that be from? And they're like, probably your lifestyle and where you live. And now I'm thinking about it too. And I used to live in an apartment in Chicago that I told my parents when I moved in, there's something off and there's like some bad juju and all this weird stuff happened in there. And I'm like, this all makes sense now, like being a reflector. So my environment definitely impacts me. And to be honest, I think that's where all these crazy skin rashes and like health issues were happening. 
because when I went to Australia, I moved there in 2019. Um, I immediately like my skin cleared up. I lost weight without even like doing much. I was just walking along the beach and it was like the happiest I've ever been and the most joyful I've ever been. And I was like, oh, because I'm by the beach, I get to walk along the beach every day. I'm around the gorgeous people here in the sun. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now looking back and, you know, looking at it from a human design lens, I'm like, I can see now why I was such a different person when I moved to Australia. So and even throughout Australia, I moved to a bunch of different places and there were places where I, I could just feel in my body. I'm like, this does not feel right. Like, I do not want to be here. And those were the times where, I, yeah, if I look back, I'm like, I hated the environment. And to be honest, though, sometimes I'm like, but couldn't everybody relate to that? Like, if you don't like the environment, you don't feel good. And I'm curious your opinion on that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think it affects all of us, but you guys tend to see it feel it, experience it first. Mm. Like you get it first and it'll be something like shingles. Whereas another person will just be like, I'm not happy or, and it does depend on which centers people have open. So while you have all nine of your centers open, I only have two open and Mm. my Ajna and my crown. So I would be more likely to maybe if it's going to show up physically for me, it might be like headache or ear infections. I was a total ear infection kid or, you know, Mm. something in the head or it would just, or it could be like nightmares or who knows, just crazy, crazy head stuff. Wow. As soon as you said nightmares, I just realized this too. I, I used to get sleep paralysis in that one apartment a lot like three different times. And I didn't know how to explain it to people. And someone's like, I think it's sleep paralysis. And by the way, if you Google sleep paralysis, the first image that comes up is like a demon sitting on top of someone's bed. And I was like, that's how it feels. It feels like I'm suffocating. It literally feels like someone's choking me, but I'm paralyzed. And it's crazy because now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, it always happened in that one apartment where I didn't feel good and crazy stuff kept happening. And now I'm like, oh, that's my reflectorness. Like I picked up on that and it clearly was affecting my body. Wow. That is terrifying. Oh, the most terrifying thing ever. But again, since I've moved, I think the last time I had it was after a vacation, after I was like extremely unrested and sleep deprived and partied way too hard. And I was like, I need rest. And I, that's the last time I can remember I had it, but it's, it's absolutely terrifying. Mm. Okay. So now that you're clear on the fact that you have this superpower that you can just like walk into a space and be like, "Mm, I don't know about it. Like, how are you using that? It's so interesting because like lockdown, you kind of didn't really have a choice, right? Like, it's like, I can't really just leave because we're, for example, like in my apartment right now, I now live in Germany. It's like, well, we're in lockdown. Like we can't just be up and about and moving and changing my environment. And so it's been something where I really had to curate my space. And I told my boyfriend this where I was one day, I just woke up here. I'm like, I'm not happy, but it's not because of like him or the people. It was just like, something is off. And I started to really look at my environment in the room that I'm recording in right now. And I was like, it's just so plain. There's no character. There's nothing in here. And so we went and bought a bunch of plants and art and crystals and all these things. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, it has such a different energy. So I think if I'm in a place now where I feel a little off, I'm like, 
okay, how can I make it feel not off? Maybe that's adding things to the room or changing it around. But now when I go to restaurants or cafes too, it is interesting to see what tables and seats I pick because I'm like, I can just tell if I sit at that specific chair, I will feel different than if I sit in the back, even though they're all in this little cafe, like I know where to sit. So I am pretty specific about where I sit, where I used to not be like that. And now I'm like, no, I want to sit right there. Like I have to sit right there. I can feel it. So it's definitely, uh, it's fun to experiment with actually. I feel like, all right, you just said so much that's going to help so many people. First of all, the ability to curate your environment. Like, so there are a lot of people who feel like I can't leave this space right now, whether it's lockdown or some other reason, but listen to what Chelsea just said. You can make this bit, you can like fix the energy, improve the energy, make it flow for you. And then that bit about like knowing where you want to sit. I feel like so many people are like, I wouldn't want to be a bother. I don't want to make trouble, but I just love the empowerment. It's such a simple thing. And yet I can see it making so many people uncomfortable to speak up about that. I mean, I think I used to just be like, oh, who cares? But now that I actually am more aware of how I feel, it's not even a big deal, right? It's kind of just like either walk in quicker and grab the seat or like I just kind of scan the room and be like, let's try to sit in the back. But it's not this big deal of like, no, I have to sit there. You need to get up and move. It's it's very casual. Um, But yeah, curating your space. And even if you can't go out and buy something, it's just like moving the couches around. You know what I mean? It's kind of like feng shui. It truly Mm -hmm. is like maybe a mirror goes here. Maybe we could paint a wall or add this color. And I truly think it changes the vibe of the space so much. Mm. And I have a confession. So I have caves. That's my optimal environment in terms of human design. And Mm. one of the things that it says about those of us with caves is, so caves is all about like, I love humans. I love interacting with them outside of my house, but I don't like people to come over. Like, no, I'll be like, yeah, we, we should do dinner sometime. Not here. No, so I've always, when I go out to dinner, I've always liked to have my back to the wall always. And I had a mentor once who teased me, her husband was a cop and she was like, Kelsey, are you a cop? Cause like that's, they always like to have their backs to the wall so they can see everything. And I was like, I don't know, but can I please sit there? And then that's the thing for caves that we like to have our backs to the wall. I need to check out my friend's human design because she was someone like that where she actually would make it a big deal. Like we would go to a restaurant and she would just be like, I'm sorry, everybody. Like I have to sit against the wall. I don't know what it is. And I remember I asked her one time, I was like, did something happen with you? Like that some, did somebody attack you from behind? Like, why do you have to face this way? And now you're making me think I'm like, maybe that's part of her human design. Yeah. Maybe she's caves. And she has to be. I mean, this was like a very big trait about her. Like you go out with her, she's sitting yeah. back against the wall. Yeah. It, it feels like, like it's my whole body is like, please, please let me put my back against the wall. That's so funny. It's so interesting when you start to learn more about it and everything clicks, you're like, oh, that is why that person does that or why I do that. And isn't it so amazing? Like, my soul chose that for me before I was even born. It's so nuts. It actually is. Yeah. To like go back and then look at everything with this lens on it. It's like, wow, that is fascinating. Yeah. So let's like back up 
a little more and just talk about your story now. So you're living in Germany right now and now you're a mindset and podcasting coach, but you mentioned living in Chicago. Like, tell us a little bit about your backstory, please. Yeah, for sure. I think it would actually make sense to start with my college days because it is quite the transformation, but I went to Florida State, big party school, was in sorority life, like the traditional American college that you see on TV. It was like, you know, funneling beers from the third story, getting very drunk every night, barely making it to class, but somehow still passing. And I remember just my health was like really obviously awful at that time. Um, But I was really into storytelling and interviewing. And my background was in broadcast journalism. So then right after college, I remember I was going to do sports reporting, but I was like, I had a lot of friends in it. And they're like, you have to start at the bottom. I, my friends were living in like nowhere towns, making no money. I actually had a friend that had to qualify for welfare because that's how little money she was making in sports reporting. And I was like, I don't want to live like pennies, you know, just for a, a sports reporting job. So I decided to go to um, get a master's and I really wanted to enhance my interviewing and storytelling skills. And then Loyola Chicago actually had this program called digital media and storytelling. I was like, this is perfect. So I went to Chicago, got my master's. It was like the funnest program ever. It didn't even feel like school. It was I just, about podcasting. I just have to pause for a second to say, yeah. I love that that program exists. It was like a modern program. It was like, hey, the world is changing. Let's teach you about it. Like, let's teach you about podcasting and writing and storytelling and data and analytics. I was like, this is what people actually need to be taking in college, not as a special program. So yeah, it was a really, really fun program. And it's actually where like I started considering expressing myself through podcasting or photos or videos or whatever. Uh, But it was, I ended up finding my job at a career fair there and it was actually sales for an influencer and content marketing company. And that's when I started working at that company. And I loved it in the beginning because I was like, this is so new and exciting and it's like a new innovative thing in the market. Um, And I just remember being like, wait a second, everything I'm selling and talking about is content creators, but that's what I went to school for. Like, why am I not the content creator on the other side of this? And so about three or four years in, I just remember, I mean, my job every day was looking at YouTubers, bloggers, you know, anybody that had a content platform. And I just remember being like, I know how to do this. Like, this is kind of frustrating that you also see how much money these people are making. And I'm like, I went to school for that. I think I could do that. And so it was always in the back of my mind to like get out and leave and do it on my own. But I didn't really know what that was. And then podcasting came into the world and into my energy field. And I don't remember if anybody remembers on Serial, like true crime investigative series. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was like the big podcast at that time. We used to talk about it. I I taught a spin class during the first round of Serial and we would discuss it during the rest intervals. Oh my God. It was like, and I remember listening to it from the lens of how I learned to storytell in my program where I was like, oh my God, they do such a good job of like bridging the gap and bringing the characters in. And I was fascinated. And I was like, I didn't even know this was like a thing. It was so captivating. So about two years later, I was like, I need to start my own podcast. So I started it in Chicago. And it was just, I was talking about health and wellness, talking to a bunch of people around Chicago. And then eventually I was like, I can't do this job anymore. Like I need to do something else. 
And so I didn't really have a plan. I just knew I wanted to do something with content creation, working for myself. And I was like, well, I'm going to do this while going on an eat, pray, love journey. So in 2019, I quit my job, moved to Australia. By the way, didn't end up doing anything for myself. I ended up working in a bunch of hospitality jobs to make ends meet. I obviously was traveling and kind of bopping around. So I didn't really have the space or time to sit down and work for myself. And then the pandemic hit. So that's when all the things that I was wishing for, like, oh, if I just had space and time and, you know, a quiet time to think, then maybe I could start my business. And then it's like, be careful what you wish for because the pandemic happened and I was like locked inside and had nothing to do. So it was during that point where I was like, okay, what do you want to do? What comes natural to you? What do you think you could help people with? And that's when it actually came to me during a meditation where I was like, wait a second, I could teach people about power of their mindset and all these different ways that they can use their own thoughts to really craft their reality. So I ended up coaching, excuse me, launching a course last summer. And then ever since then, that's what I've been doing. I've been coaching on mindset. And then because I love podcasting, I started podcast coaching a few months ago and that's why I got here. But, um, there's obviously I totally missed a part where I moved to Germany. So I met my boyfriend in, in Australia. It was actually during our last month. We both had one month left on our visa and we met each other in Byron Bay and he was going back to Germany. And I was like, okay, I would never move to Germany. I love Australia. And then he left and I was like, I really miss him. Like, maybe we should try this out. So I gave it a shot and yeah, now I live in Germany. I've been here for almost a year. So that's the, the journey that I've been on. It's been pretty nuts. Mm, it's beautiful. It's so interesting. Cause how old are you now? 30. Okay. So you're 30. So as a six, two for the first 30 years of your life, it's your three line. And I was recently talking about this with another six, two, and I'm a four, six. So I have the six line as well. You, we never outgrow that three line. We never outgrow that experimental bit, but it's most pronounced for the first 30 years of our life. So it just makes so much sense. You've tried so many different things. And what's even crazier is I have a really photographic memory, by the way. Like I remember, I can remember like very specific moments in time. And I remember right before I left to Australia, I was in LA because that's where my flight left from, but I have friends in LA. So I was hanging out there for a week and my friend got me this like tarot card reading or something. I went to this lady's house and she did tarot cards, but then she like also sold jewelry. And then she had like a plant business and something else. And I was like, wait, you can do that? Like you can have multiple different jobs. And I vividly remember texting my mom, telling her about this being like, I just want to wear a bunch of different hats. Like I never want to be one thing. I always just want to be doing something different. And of course, when a parent hears that, they're like, okay, I think you're a little lost. Like, you know, catch you on the other side of this. And now learning about my reflectorness and being a six, two and all this stuff. I'm like, oh my God, it makes so much sense why my offers always evolve and why I'm always changing. Like I do want to be the person that's always wearing 11 different hats because that's how I feel my life is meant to be lived is just constantly experimenting. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of wondering right now as a manifesting generator who happens to under understand human design, how much of my energy you're currently reflecting right now? Oh, because that's, crazy. that's very true for me. <laughs> and everybody in my life, like all the most important people are manifesting generators. So it's pretty crazy. Oh, that's really interesting. My boyfriend's a manifesting generator. All my mentors and like one-on-one coaches are manifesting generators. My best friend is a manifesting generator. My other best friend is an MG. I'm like, 
what is going on? Like at one point I was like, is this like normal to have this many manifesting generators close to me? And it's been really interesting because I realized when I was, my friend and I, that's the manifesting generator, we lived in Byron Bay together and her work style is totally different. And I found myself trying to work like her. And I'm like, what the hell is she doing? Like waking up at eight, doing calls all day long, fired up. And I'm like, this is nuts. Like, I can't work like this. And then once I learned about human design, I'm like, I think I was just trying to pick up her energy and like reflect her. And I'm like, I don't, I can't work like that. Yeah. So what is it like living with your boyfriend? So it's interesting because he's in school right now. And so he's on, but virtual school because of the lockdown. So he's just on his laptop all day long where I'm like, okay, I need to go to my space and have my space. Um, but we, we do a lot of things separately. Like we wake up and we have our breakfast separately, which I also heard like reflectors. It's pretty nice to eat alone. I'm like, I, I definitely relate to that. So we eat separately most of the time because of our schedules. And then because of my time zone difference with my clients, I work really different hours than him. So I would say like during the day, we're kind of apart a lot, which for me is really nice. I'm like, I need my alone time. I need my space. But then at night is when we like come together and we, you know, obviously share the same bed. But I remember telling someone, I'm like, I just need a weekend alone, like in the forest, cut off from everybody. This has nothing to do with anybody. Like no one's done anything wrong, but I need alone time. And then when I found out about being a reflector and a 6'2", it's like, yeah, you need space to recharge. And so I told my boyfriend, I'm like, this has nothing to do with you, but like, I actually think one weekend a month, I need to travel and like be alone in my own bedroom and own space and like not talk to anybody for three days. And he was like, okay, like, that's fine. He's, he's really practical in German. Like he's like, okay, no, like, great. I don't really care. But um, it's interesting because he is a manifesting generator. So I don't know that I, um, I'm trying to think about it now further. I'm like, I think the biggest thing is that us eating at separate times is really, really nice. And then the fact that he's okay with me just like being like, Hey, I might need to go away for like three days every month. It's like, okay, that's what I need for myself. And it's good. How about sleeping? Because I have heard, you know, I'm a manifesting generator. My husband's also an MG. So we both have our sacral engines going all night long. I am impacted by his defined Ajna and defined crown at night. Holy moly. I can amplify his thoughts and mental energy. That is intense, but you've got this defined sacral right next to you. Can you sleep? No, I've to this day. I'm like, if I could wish for like anything every year, it's like, I just want to sleep better. I just want to sleep better. Like, I feel like I never really have had good sleeping patterns. And I'm like, is it my phone? Is it my work schedule? Like, I don't know. And I'm like, maybe it is my environment, but with him is interesting. He will knock out in two minutes, like literally covers on and he's like snoring where I'm sitting there and I'm also an Aquarius sun. And, and so I feel like I, I have a lot of air in me where I'm always like, what's the meaning of life? Like, why are we here at like one in the morning, these thoughts hit me and I do not sleep probably until I would say like two or three in the morning. And then I wake up very weird hours and I kind of go back to bed for a little bit. And even last night I went to bed and started asking my boyfriend all these questions. And I was like, I think I want to rebrand. Look at this site. Da, da, da. He's like, it's one in the morning. Like, what are you doing? And now that you're saying this, I'm like, maybe it is a, some of that MG energy that I'm like picking up and reflecting back. Cause sleeping is not my strong suit at all. 
that is like the biggest area of improvement I'm trying to work on. Yeah. They say that, um, reflectors, you know, be brave enough to sleep in your own bed. I talked to him about that. Well, actually taking a step back before I even knew about this whole thing of sleeping separate, I remember before I met my boyfriend, I was talking to somebody and I was like, I actually think in partnership, I would want to discuss having two separate rooms. And people were like jaws on the ground. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, you wouldn't want to sleep with your partner. I'm like, this is nothing to do with like me being scared of intimacy or like wanting to be independent. It's like, I don't know why I really need my own cocoon to like sleep alone. And then when I learned about this whole thing, I'm like, that makes sense. I think I need a separate room. So, Mm -hmm. um, I know we've definitely, that's why I said the whole thing about like, I think at least once a month, I need to go away and like sleep alone for a little bit. And he's like, okay, sounds good. So there are some weeks during the the lockdown where he's gone to his parents and I'm like, I hope you don't are not offended, but I don't want to go with you. Like I need this bed to be alone. He's like, that's totally fine. And it's actually helped a lot. Yeah. It's so funny. The cultural expectation that it has to do with intimacy, like sharing a bed with someone. Well, there's also the sleep. Sleep is actually really important part of our health. Yes. Also, I'm like, if you're a light sleeper, if my boyfriend even like moves, I wake up or he also twitches a lot, which is a really weird thing. So he's always twitching. And I'm like, I wake up all the time. So I'm like, I don't really get it. Like, why do I have to sleep next to this twitching, moving person every single night? I, I want my own space. Yeah permission in case you needed it from an external source permission to have your own space for sleeping yeah we definitely need to discuss that because i'm like right now if i looked at my health app it probably says i sleep like four hours a night or something oh it's been rough (laughs) um so i want to switch gears to podcasting and mindset what are you most excited about right now with your clients I think with my clients, the thing that I'm really trying to convey to them, and I think it's starting to click, is like the concept of equanimity, of just being like calm in difficult situations. And I feel like that's something, especially during the last few years of being in lockdown, starting my business during the pandemic. Um, By the way, when I was in Australia, that's when the bushfires happened. I could like literally smell the smoke in my own apartment. And so I'm like, I had, I dealt with so much grief and sadness and stuff during Australia, but I felt always really calm and cool and collected during it. My boyfriend always says, he's like, I really admire your, like how you don't freak out in really stressful situations. And I'm like, that's because of all the mindset work that I've done. And that's what I want to teach my clients. And so I feel like I'm really excited about this concept of like, let's get over this whole myth that we have to be happy and rainbows and butterflies 24 seven and learn how to just be the calm in the, you know, eye of the storm, because that's something that I feel like you, you really start to look at life from a different perspective. So with mindset stuff, that's what I'm focusing on now, where I'm like, if you're trying to work with me and like, like I said, live in a rainbow butterfly field. Like I'm not the coach for you. I'm trying to teach you how to surf the waves of life and like be in a calm, cool and collected state amongst adversity. And that's something that I'm really excited about because I feel like I finally embody it. Mm-hmm. How, so like, how do we surf the emotions and the changes around us and the bushfires and oh. the global pandemic and all of this? I would say I'll, I'll answer this in a simple way and then like a, an actual exercise. 
a simple way is I always just think like this feeling will pass. There's no way that this is a permanent feeling. Like I, I feel the most sad and depressed when I go through like breakups and I always feel like I'll never find a person like this again. Like that was the person I was going to marry. And then I always have to think, well, that's what you thought about the last person. Like, you know, you won't feel like this. And when I really start to almost like future cast, I'm like, you're not going to be 60 years old, still crying about this guy when you were 27. Like, it's okay to get sad and feel it for a little bit, but we don't need to be thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to be heartbroken for the rest of my life. And so I always just think whenever I get sad, I'm like, let yourself be sad. I, I would actually recommend that. Like, let yourself process the emotions. Don't try to be this person that's like, I never cry and I don't get upset. It's like, no, process your emotions so that they don't get stuck in your body. And then just go back to like, this will pass just like everything in my life has passed. So I really always go back to that. And then a thing that I have my clients do, and I do this a lot, is always go to the, like, the play out the worst case scenario. So for example, with Germany, by the way, when I met my boyfriend, we were only dating for like two weeks before we decided to move in together across the world when he was starting school. And of course, to the external world, everybody was like, are you fucking crazy? Like, this is nuts. And I had to be like, am I crazy? Like, well, let me think about the worst case scenario. Either I don't like it and I can move back to Australia or back to the U.S., Um, I can't learn the language. Okay. I go to a language school or I hire someone online or I learn on an app or I don't like where I live. Then maybe we could live in different apartments and then try it out like that. So I always literally think of like, what is the worst possible thing that can happen? And it's never as bad as I think. And I feel like that's a really good way to start learning to surf the waves is like actually thinking about what happens at the end of the wave and then being like, oh, a wave goes away. And then you can like swim back to shore. Yes. I love that you took that analogy all the way back into shore. <laughs> I know. I was like, I hope this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Um, mm, I thought of something while you were speaking and it's gone now, of course, because it was just riding a wave and that wave has passed it's as fast. everything does. Yeah. I will say too that, you know, obviously going to the worst case scenario, sometimes that could be something really heartbreaking. And I'll give you an example, but like um, when I was in Australia, my dad had a stroke and I was like, flights home were very expensive. It's not cheap to fly from Australia to the U S. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, if, if he passes, I'm going to feel like shit. Like, what am I going to do? And obviously in that frame of mind, you're not like, okay, look, time to do mindset exercises. Let me whip out my journal. Like that. I really had to put myself in the position of like, what would I regret if he passed away? And I would probably regret not getting to know him on a deeper level. And so because I couldn't fly to him, I started writing him emails, almost as if I was interviewing him for a podcast where I'm like, I'm trying to get to know my dad on like a peer to peer level and not a parent level. And so I was just asking him questions of like, what are your favorite three characteristics about yourself? Why did you actually choose to marry mom? What's your favorite thing about having daughters? Like just random questions. And he answered them all. It almost makes me emotional. And he's like, I'm like, wow, I have this transcript from him now. So if something ever happens, I won't regret not taking action to do something while he was, because he, he actually recovered pretty quickly. But I remember being like, I now know if he were to pass away, I wouldn't look back and be like, wow, I wish I would have done something more. It's like, I tried to do the best I could with what I had at that moment. And that's something that I think is really helpful. Like, don't try to be like, oh my God, what's going to happen? This and that. Like, 
try to use what you can and see what happens because it, it ended up being this beautiful experience where I'm like, by the way, he's like thriving now. I'm back out on the town and going to happy hour, like living his best life. But I'm like, it's just nice to know if anything does happen. Now I have all these emails from him where I'm like, I knew him on a deeper level than I did before the stroke. I love that so much. I mean, the fact is all of our parents are older than us and they're more likely to go in the near future than other people we know. And I just think that's such a beautiful invitation and I am inspired by that. I'm so glad. Yeah. And now it's making me want to do it with my mom. Cause I'm just like, I, I don't just want to wait. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to wait until something happens. It's like, let me start doing actually, wait, I know I did do it with her. I'm like, I need to do it with like my siblings or maybe my grandma and just start to, you know, when people say, Oh my God, I just, I wish I gave them that one last hug. Or I wish I would have just asked them that question. It's like, no, ask it now. So you don't mm-hmm. regret it later. Yeah. I did it with my grandfather. He was such a great storyteller. And I, so one year I gave him a journal for Christmas and I asked him to write things down and he didn't. And like, it was two years later that he started emailing me in all caps, these stories. And he just started like all caps, no punctuation, all these stories. And he was like, my handwriting is crap. So I don't want to do that. And, um, but I have all these emails and I actually printed them out and put them in a book for my mom for Christmas this year. Oh, I love that. See, it's like you can use this modern technology to actually create these beautiful experiences, which I love. So what was the most surprising thing you learned about your dad? Oh my gosh. I think that what he loved most about himself was how easygoing he was. And also that like, he really is just a man of few words. Like I thought he was going to be like elaborate in these answers and he would just answer as if he was filling out like a survey. You know what I mean? It was just like uh, blank, 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 bullet, bullet, bullet. I'm like, wait, this is supposed to be like a little more emotional. I thought you're going to like open up. And it was just like, I love your mom because she's X, Y, Z or whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, it just, he's always been like that. But to then see that happen in the emails too, I was like, it just confirms that he is like, more of a man of not that many words, but um, he used the phrase, like my favorite thing about myself is I let the water, I think it's let the water run off me like on a duck's back. I totally mm-hmm. butchered that. But now that I've learned that about him, I'm like, it's so true. And I actually have this reading with a, a shaman, totally random, but um, she was talking about this about me. And she's like, you kind of act like this hawk where you can like, zoom in and out of things and like you don't let it affect you and I'm like oh, I get that from my dad and so when he wrote that whole thing about the duck analogy I'm like that's where we we really bond I think I got that easygoingness from him and it just it felt good it was like a little bonding moment of like oh I'm glad like that's the trait that I maybe picked up from my dad do you feel closer to him after doing that oh, email exchange sure especially because both of our language uh love languages are words of affirmation and like i said he's not a man of many words so when i actually got words back oh i also like selfishly asked him some questions about myself like what's your favorite thing about me and like what do you love about me and so to see it written out i was like actually in tears like oh my god he thinks this about me and it it totally made us closer Mm, okay we're digging into that because (laughs) Um, well, I'll share because afterwards, but I want to know what did he say about you? What surprised you about what he said about you? 
he said something like, um, I'm, indu- I'm industrious as a whip. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. I had to like look it up. Um, and that I'm extremely resourceful. And what was the other thing? He's like, oh, you're, like, you're so magnetic. Like your presence is so magnetic. And I was like, wow, to hear my dad say those things about me. It's like, you just feel really seen because, you know, I just feel like there's this general dad stuff like oh you're a great daughter you know you're so successful we love you and so to hear these very specific words and have him notice how I do think I'm very resourceful and I do think I'm like have a magnetic presence when I really want to I'm like oh my god he thinks that about me and so it was really nice and I remember one time too we were on the beach and he got a little loose drinking some I don't even remember margarita or something and we were talking about my move to Australia because he was like, I just can't believe you're doing this. And I'm like, to me, it wasn't a big deal. And he's like, you're just so fearless. Like I was telling my friend that you're not afraid of anything. And I was like, wait, what did you just say? Like, it was just so nice to hear it. And I'm, that's when I realized I'm like, oh my God, my love language is hundred percent words of affirmation to this day. Even when my boyfriend writes me like a birthday card, that's just like, happy birthday. You're beautiful. I love you. I'm like, what? This is so nice. So yeah, it, it, he said very specific things that were not general. Like, again, they were just so specific to what I was hoping he saw me as that it really warmed my heart. Mm. Do you ever have your clients go through a similar exercise? Of emailing like their parents? Yeah. I actually had one client do that. I was like, she was just having, a lot of people make assumptions about their parents. And I'm like, your parents are people. Like, it's weird to think that at this point in my life, my mom already had two kids and a house and all these things where I'm like, wait, what? Here I am. Like, I don't even know. We're just on such different pages. So I'm like, you have to remember that your parents don't have the the world figured out. Like they're learning just as much as we are. If anything, we have more access to information than they do because they didn't grow up with it. And so I try to tell them like, stop projecting all these assumptions about your parents and like why don't you just ask them go directly to the source so I have had a few clients email their parents whether that is about like money or just like what they thought of them or whatever and it's been a pretty eye-opening experience Mm -hmm. one of my this was actually an exercise from coaching school which is to ask people what about me is unique and and inspiring and I can't remember who I asked the first time you were supposed to like call, I think we had a break or it was do it overnight or something like that. Call people. And I asked my husband and, and I think a friend. And then like six months later, my peer coach was like, have you asked your dad? Like, Oh no, (laughs) absolutely not. She's like, okay, well then let's do that. Um, and my dad, it's like, he didn't answer the question, quote unquote, right. Mm. But what he answered still blew me away. He said that, um, because of me, he had, and like my friendships and open-mindedness and like my perspective of the world, he had reached out to some of his college classmates, his college class has always been really important to him, his college classmates who are gay and had become friends with them. And now he's like golfing buddies with one of them. And oh my gosh, he grew up in Northern Maine, totally homophobic situation. And yeah, 
I was, wow. I was completely blown away. I had no idea any of that had happened oh my God. or that he saw me as the catalyst for that. Yeah. Like the ripple effect of what you do ends up hitting them in a different way. It actually reminds me now, like my dad was going through a rough period after his stroke where he couldn't find a job. And he started texting me like for advice, almost like, you know, what kind of mindset do you need to have? And like, I've really been visualizing trying to get the job. And I'm like, oh my God, he actually like knows what I do and is really trying to actively like go after this. And yeah, it's so heartwarming when you're like, oh, you, I do have like an effect. I do teach you something just the way you've taught me so much. You know what too? That's your sixth line. Mm. Your sixth line that, so it shows up differently. So as I mentioned, I'm a four, six, you're a six, two. So for you, you're conscious of your six lines. So you'll see that you're a role model. You'll see that people come to you for advice. For me, uh-uh, I don't really have a clue about, I, I'm starting, I can see it because I've done the work. I can mm-hmm. see it. But for me, it shows up more in like when I send an email, I don't get very many people. I'll send an email like, to my list and saying like, how are you? Like really, truly hit reply. Let me know like with these specific questions. And I get crickets or get like two people right back. And they're the two people that I've talked to about who, who are other four sixes who are like, I know you really do want a response, but that role model energy tends to land as, Oh, she doesn't need a response from me. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Learning more about it. It's like, Oh, again, makes sense. Like, you know, sometimes I will admit, like I used to hear about human design and astrology and the gene keys and this and that. And because of how I grew up, which is just so traditional, you know, very just like middle-class American life. When you start learning about this, you're like, is this real? You know what I mean? Like, how could this actually be real? And now that I've talked to so many different practitioners and healers and everything, it's like, let's say even if it wasn't real, it all makes just too much sense to like, try and not believe it. And so it's interesting now because I now feel like I'm kind of this like skeptical spiritualist where I'm like, I kind of like, it's like, I believe it all. And then there's still this side of me that's like, "Mm." I just think I, I don't put anybody on pedestals. And so I feel like that's maybe something that like, as you're talking about the six, two, I'm like, oh, it does make sense. But yeah, I'm going on a rant now, but that just, that thought came into my head. (laughs) Well, no, I think it's interesting because what you're saying is very reflective of how I first stepped into human design. So I was learning all the things, learned to read my chart and it all resonated so deeply and just like felt so good to be seen. And then I, I come from a scientific background. I, I was a marine biologist and mm. so I'm like, well, I just want to know if it resonates for other people. So I gave like a hundred free 15 minute readings. It's just like, I just want to see if this is the same for everyone else. And everyone else was like, oh my goodness, this is mind blowing. This gives me so much permission to be me. And I'm like, yeah, so it is completely woo and seems to be really helpful. So I'm going to go with it. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, even if it's not in a book that you learn in college, it's like, if it's helping this many people and it's so validating and it's so illuminating, it's like, why would you not take advantage of what you're learning? So I think also it's just my, my mom is, is so opinionated about stuff like this. So when I'm like, oh my gosh, look at this thing, like you're a this and this, I told her about being a reflector. I'm like, 
yeah, I just learned about being so lit up by like markets and people. My mom's like, isn't everybody lit up by markets and people? And I'm like, well, yeah. And I want (laughs) to sleep alone. So she's like, doesn't everybody want alone time and this and that. And so she's always just like questioning it. So I'm like, I, I cannot give you like a, a quick overview, mom. This is something you're gonna have to like, go listen to the podcast, go read about it. But I think her, her voice pops in sometimes where I'm like, doesn't everybody think that, you know, doesn't Mm -hmm. everybody do that? But the more and more I talk to people like you that do have different profiles and designs, it's like, no, not everybody does think the way that you think. That's true. And I wonder if your mom has gate 63, which is the gift of questioning everything. Oh, I bet her or my brother, like he's like the, um, easy breezy genius. I remember Mm -hmm. that about his profile. And then my mom- yeah, I don't remember what my mom is. I don't think she actually has her birth time, so we haven't figured that out. Yeah, well, I'm Figure guessing she has the gift of questioning everything. And those that gift enables people to um, like not be as susceptible to question to conditioning because they're not likely to pick up all the shoulds that other humans are telling them. And they're also really helpful in keeping other people, like helping other people clear their conditioning. That actually makes a lot of sense now that you're saying it because she's someone that's also, I think, very good at like, she'll never let anything overtake her. Like, she's just like, that's life. Like, when her dad passed away last year, all these people were, you know, commenting on her Facebook. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she was like, I'm kind of just getting annoyed because it's like, that's just life. Like, of course, my dad's going to pass away. And like, you know, I don't want these people to feel sorry for me and I don't need this. And this happens a lot. Like that's a very specific example, but all these things are like, I'll call her and be like, I don't know, mom, like this is happening and this. And she'll be like, why do you care? Like, she's just so like, doesn't care, has her own, like lives in her own planet. And I've actually had her on my podcast and she always delivers such wisdom. And I'll go back later and be like, wait, what was that one thing you said? And she's like, I don't remember. Like, I, I kind of just say these things and they come out and then I don't remember. I'm like, okay, I think you like channel some divine messages and you don't even know it because it. What, how else would you explain that? It makes sense that the person that's channeling divine messages is the questioner of all the things. Yeah. So I'm like, I we need to find out her human design. I'm like, right after this podcast, I'm going to be like, mom, figure out your birth time so we can read your chart because- mm-hmm it does make a lot of sense. People are always like, when they talk to my mom, there is something different about her and how she views the world. And this is making a lot of sense. Mm. Uh, We're going to have to wrap this up shortly, but I want to finish up. I've got two more questions for you, which of course may evolve into a couple more. The first thing, Chelsea, is what's the scariest thing you've ever done? Oh my gosh. I would honestly say it's moving to Germany because- not only did I know my boyfriend for a very short amount of time, but it didn't really hit me until I was here how much of a culture shock it would be. Like, I don't know the language. My boyfriend and I have a nine-year age gap. I'm older. So there's this whole stuff of like dealing with the society's expectations and what people think. Um, also, when I moved here, as you can probably imagine, like telling Germans that you're a mindset coach. And back then I was calling myself a mindset manifestation coach sounds like I'm saying like I'm a princess like it's like what are you talking about and so it was really hard like my boyfriend and I always talk about this we're like how did we make it through the first three months here we had so many people questioning our age gap what I did how did I make a living uh how was I going to make friends and I truly believe like this is one of the most 
probably biggest years of like areas of growth where I'm like, I have really had to put all the work that I have worked on in myself to practice because when you think, of course, it's easy to say, you know, my life is amazing when you're living in Australia by the beach and surfing and whatever. But when you're in lockdown in a country that in a small town where you don't know anybody, you, your boyfriend and you are not the same age and you're starting a business, it's like, whoa. So I would say the scariest thing I did was probably move here. Yeah, that's a lot of things. Hard things on top of hard thing on top of hard things. Yes, yes. Um, and my last question for you is, imagine you have a billboard. It's all for you. You can put it wherever you want. What does it say? And another way to think of this is, what is the message that you want to scream to the roof from the rooftops? You want everyone to know this thing. Oh my gosh. Wow, this is such a good question. I feel like it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, but like, I, I, I feel like this maybe even be a quote, but like life is about learning to surf the waves, not like, I wish this was more eloquent that could be put on a billboard, billboard, but like almost something just like, it's okay to feel your emotions. I guess that would be it. Like, it's okay to feel your emotions. I feel like a lot of clients come to me with like, I just don't ever want to feel sad or negative. Like, I just don't want to feel stressed. I don't want to feel these things. I want to, I want to work on always being happy. And I'm like, who told you that life was like that? So I'm like thinking of a billboard that I'm like, I would want it to say like, it's okay to feel your emotions and you should, because that's like being a human being. That's like the blessing of being a human being that we can feel the full spectrum of emotions. Absolutely. That is the gift. Well, one of many of this whole human experience. Yes. Thank you so much. If people want to work with you or listen to your podcast or learn more about you, where, where can they connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. You can go to my website, chelsearife.com or my Instagram is chelsearife at chelsearife. And then if you want to do podcast coaching or mindset coaching, you can find that on my website. There's applications for both. My podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion, and you can find that on Spotify and Apple. And then the handle for that is at Non-Expert Opinion Pod. But I usually hang out on Instagram a lot. That's probably the best place to find me or heading to my website and contacting me there. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is a blast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and I hope you learned something. You can learn more about Chelsea and work with her at chelseareif.com. Connect with her on Instagram at chelseareif and at non-expert opinion pod. And her podcast again is called In My Non-Expert Opinion. And you can listen to it wherever you listen to this podcast. And remember... These podcasts are totally free and I want them to stay that way. And I love bringing so much free, valuable stuff to all y'all. And I really want you to support the guests of this show and me. We are all entrepreneurs, you know, who are also humans fumbling over our puppy paws, figuring this stuff out. We are here to support you in your growth, in your wisdom in your transformation. So please go check out Chelsea's website. Please work with her if that lights you up. 
please come over to my website, kelseyabbott.com and work with me if that lights you up. And remember, you can get your free human design chart over there and also sign up for my newsletter list, kelseyabbott.com slash human design to book your human design reading. And we can take it from there. Your transformation is coming. I love you so much. You are a miracle. Go forth and be awesome. And don't forget to play.